stuff. Welcome to episode number 15 of Good Stuff Sports. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where I talk to people in and around sports that we love or maybe we don't know so much about, but their stories inspire us to get out and play. And on today's show, I talk to Lisa Haberman and Mike Whitla, who have a YouTube channel called I Like to Ride My Bike, where they document their bicycling vacations. And I learned so much through the course of my conversation with them, what it's like to go on a bicycle vacation, the preparation that it takes, and so much more. In addition, a very special treat, Mike Whitla has had a great career as a kids and family musician, and you'll be able to hear his song, Gigantosaurus, as a little clip when we break between Good Stuff Sports and talking about the music, and you'll hear the whole song at the very end. If you need to reach me, you can find me on email, mike at goodstuffpod.com, via social media, goodstuffpod, that's the at symbol, goodstuffpod. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks to Lisa and Mike, who have been very patient as we've gotten this put together and ready to be sent out into the world. Go check them out on YouTube. Get out there and ride your bike. Get out there and ride your bike in a different country. That sounds pretty fun, pretty amazing. Talk to you at the end of the show. Welcome to uh, to a special, I think we're going to call this a two-parter, Good Stuff Sports and Good Stuff Kids podcast crossover, Mike Whitla and Lisa Haberman. How are you all today? We're awesome. Wonderful. How Good. are you? I'm great. We talked about the weather. It's cold there in Toronto. It's not so cold here. Um, so just to give a little bit of background, I found you all on Twitter via uh your one of your one of the many things that we're going to talk about which is i like to ride my bike and i think that uh that's the place that i'd like to start so this is a a collection of videos and i'm not going to get too far into it because i think it's even better uh described by you all so tell me a little bit what is i like to ride my bike and and what's behind it um i like to ride my bike is a collection of videos of our bike tours starting from a past few years ago. So Mike and I have been bike touring since for about 20 years now together. And we have two kids who are now 15 and 12. And as soon as they were able to be on the hitch bikes, the trailer bikes, we started doing Ontario bike trips with them, bike tours with them. And we started small and keep kept on getting bigger. And then a few years ago, we started on some grand adventures. And at that point, some of the things we were doing were moving more into film and we thought it would be great to have a record of what we're doing because we thought it was just so fun. And we're um, huge cycling advocates and that's how we get around the city let alone that tends to be almost all the kinds of holidays that we do now too yeah well we were as as a couple we were no stranger to doing long bike rides together we had biked from end to end of cuba which was uh, i guess that's about it was a 1200 kilometer bike ride and that was in 99 and after we had like we kind of eased the kids into it we'd go on these very very short rides you know 40 kilometer rides but then you know, going to Europe was a big deal, and uh, that was an amazing trip. Uh, we went and cycled from Amsterdam through four countries to uh, Copenhagen in Denmark, 
So we went straight across the Netherlands and then right across uh, northern Germany. We took a ferry over to Sweden. We went up into Sweden a little bit and then took another ferry across and then down into Copenhagen. And that was the first big tour the kids had done. Uh, and they were awesome. They were awesome. But we also we picked those cities because those are the two great cycling cities. Of the world. Yeah. But so yeah. there, you know, every every single road has a bike path separated beside it. Like not just not just paint with paint, but separated with a, a curb or grass, like uh -huh. everywhere. It's like that. It's uh, um, and it was that way the whole way through all those countries. So for an introductory tour with kids, it, it was it's perfect. It was perfectly designed. And were they on? Were they in the trailer or were they on their own bikes at that point? Oh no! Neither. Oh no! <laughs> no, no. trailer bikes is they're not efficient. Uh -huh. uh, they wobble around. You can't put uh, loaded up gear and, and stuff. And kids don't have to pedal. Right. <laughs> and. Uh, so what we ended up doing, well, actually, when Lisa and I went touring together, the problem would be I would be way faster than Lisa. And then so I would look back and I'd be, uh-oh. And I wouldn't be <laughs> Where'd she go? I'd stop and wait. <laughs> and then eventually she'd go. Well, one time on our honeymoon, we went cycling around the island of Bali. Whoa. On separate bikes. And we went, it took us three days to get up a mountain. Mount Agun was just as, what's the one that was just erupting now? Uh-huh. And we were going down the mountain, and Mike was loving the speed of it. So he was zipping down way faster than me, having a great time. And then I'm going a bit slower, a bit, a lot. And, <laughs> and there'd be all these turnoffs, and I'd go, oh, man, this is before cell phones. Which way did he go? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the solution was get a tandem bike. Uh-huh. Okay. So now we, we got that tandem bike, which meant we, and we loved that because it would mean that I could pedal as hard as I wanted, and so could Lisa, and we'd just be on one bike. We can chat with each other. And so with the kids, that's what we do. We have two tandem bikes, oh, okay. one kid on the back of each bike. Right. So do you – I mean this was a, more of a logistics, like administrative kind of question, but do, when you do these bike tours, do you – ship your bikes there ahead of time or is that the, i mean what's the for those who may be interested in doing this and are like overwhelmed by just where to start how do you get your bikes there so you can go we did do a packing your bike your tandem um video just to show people but we actually take the bikes apart so all airlines if they allow bikes ask you to take off the pedals mm -hmm. and to turn the handlebars and with the tandem in particular you end up having to take it apart a little bit more um, but you need a box to put it in, right? So, right. or a big bag that, like, that's the other way they'll do it. But so um, some airlines will have the boxes, some won't. We actually have gone to our local bike store and asked them to save boxes, and we'll craft boxes together for the tandem. But for your own, for a single bike, it's really easy. Just ask your local bike store, mm -hmm. put it together, and it's great in a box because it's really sturdy. Mm -hmm. And then depending on where we land, so when we came out of the, when we landed in the airport in Amsterdam, we landed in the morning and we literally unpacked the bikes, put them back together and rode from the airport to Amsterdam because there's a bike path right there. Wow. And no need to deal with either public transportation or taxis. You, you save nope. quite a bit of money and you're, you're, nope. you know, you're, you're powering yourself. I mean, that's not the, uh, that's not the overall goal right it's not yeah, a the transportation part is really cheap yeah yeah, yeah that's a nice thing <laughs> for the um, food running on cheese <laughs> <laughs> so um 
Okay, so this leads me to another question, and that is like, so obviously there's some tools that you need, and there's some general bike fix it up know how. Um, yeah. What are what are some of the like most important skills to be? I mean, I see at least I see you pointing at Mike. What are some of the <laughs> the most the more important skills to to have in your in your sort of your back pocket for a trip like this? Changing a flat. Yeah. Uh huh. That's the most important uh-huh. skill. Uh. If you're in Holland or any of those kind of places and you have a cell phone, you're never too far from uh, a bike store. Uh, we The last tour we had, we, one day we had three flats. Or actually, there's two flats and one maybe that didn't get fixed well. Um, <laughs> three, so three. Yeah, those are three, I guess. And But that was the only flats we had. And that's the only, those are the... Uh, yeah, so you have to be able to fix a flat. Um, when you put your, if you put your bikes back together, it's simple stuff. It's... Uh, Taking up, putting on and taking off pedals. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that one of the pedals is reverse threaded because the uh, the way you pedal, right? And they're opposite. So one of them, so you have to know these little things. Uh-huh. Uh, so the, the taking apart and putting together the bike, uh, we actually should probably make a more detailed video about some of those, because some people wouldn't know that, that one of the pedals, like, this one won't move also because that one's backwards. Right. On the other. I, I have no idea. <laughs> like that's, yeah, this so is it, educational it, for me, right? The, so we don't have a huge number of tools with us, and we would often still have to go to a, a bike store. And we, we since after we got all those flats, I looked at the tire and I went, "Oh man, that tire is finished." Mm-hmm. So we had to find, and we had a bad size. So we went into a, a little bike shop in Bruges, and uh, they didn't have the right size. But he called his wife, and she went to another bike shop, and they, and by three o'clock, we had a new tire yeah. and. People were really helpful, and we found that like in Cuba is really easy because there's mm-hmm. bikes uh, all over the place, so it's actually easy to get your flats fixed for really cheap there. Right, right, and it sounds like you went to Cuba before it was uh, open to tourism and things like that. Was well, it... always open to Canadian tourists. Oh, sure, okay, uh, sure. Um, but uh, we were there at the end of what's called the special period, so it was it was it was an interesting time in Cuba because after the uh, Soviet Union fell. They lost all their economic support, and uh, that's when they really opened up and were trying to encourage cur- uh, tourism more. Uh, so it was it was a really interesting time in Cuba. It's really uh, we were there again last year, and we're going again this year, but this time with the kids. We haven't been there oh, cycling cool. with the kids. Yeah, yeah, it's a different kind of cycling there. I'll tell you. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's and hot, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, last March, just the two of us. For 10 days and it was fantastic yeah it was great bike touring and this march we're going with the kids again for 10 days yeah cycling with them awesome has it has it gotten to the point like involving the kids that they have some uh opinions about where you all travel and where you do oh, this? oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah we're 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 a good family team uh-huh and uh one like for, I'll give an example. It wasn't a bike tour, but Kyle became obsessed with Iceland, our little guy. Vikings. And Vikings. Uh-huh. And so, and, you know, we were, you know, do we go, do we not go, whatever. We said, okay, convince us. You know, why? <laughs> and so he went away and researched it, and he It looked came, amazing. Came yeah, up, right? <laughs> but he, he basically did a persuasive pitch to us about why Iceland would be awesome and it was so he was so passionate and showed us so many cool things about it that we said sounds great let's do that mm-hmm. and um we've done that you know even directionally you you make choices uh with kids that you do differently with than you, than if you're on your own with you, with your partner so last march we biked 
we made we we biked longer bike days in Cuba than we're going to do this March because we want the kids to enjoy it. We uh-huh. want them to to keep doing this with us, so we don't bike quite as hard. Yeah, I think if it was Elisa and I enjoy a good physical challenge, but yeah, it's uh, kids. You know, they're smaller, and right. so you have. To, that right. was the thing we, that really uh, we made it so. I think if you're thinking of doing this with your family, the thing is to keep it that it's fun, uh-huh. right? That sure. you can't, you know, rather than going 75 kilometers, go 40 kilometers. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh, so what's that? Like 20 miles, <laughs> 50 miles, right? I was going to do the math later. But <laughs> if you can do it in your head, that's perfect. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just make it shorter. Uh, so you've got more time to do stuff at the other end. Everyone's not so exhausted. Go to the water park. Yeah, and then uh-huh. do fun things. Like we say, like, oh, look uh, – Brussels has the largest water park in all of Belgium. Let's go there. And so do those special fun things, right? So totally, totally. Wow. So, so great. I think, um, so I'm just so intrigued by the adventure of it all. And you get off the airplane, you put your bike together and you go. So where, um, and it sounds like Cuba has been a very important part of this and, and Europe, but where, where are some of the coolest things? What, what are, not where are, what are some of the coolest things that you saw on your trip that were just, on any of the trips really, if you want to expand it to that, are just like, oh my gosh, if I was not riding around on a bike in this country, I would not have seen this. Oh, well, it's, that's a, well, virtually everything. Uh-huh. Because one of the things about going on a bike is that when you're in a, in an airplane or a car or a train, you're traveling at such a high speed, you don't notice the subtle changes of the landscape. That's for me the biggest thing about doing it on a bike. When you're walking, it doesn't change fast enough to notice. Uh, right. <laughs> bike, you're going fast enough that you can kind of see this stuff majestically change in front of you. And that's like that's the most amazing thing about the whole experience. But there are specific things. Lisa wants to talk about one in Bali, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. So generally, the best part about biking is you can always stop. Yeah, right. So, so you can too. in a car too, but it's—I mean—on a bike, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. You see, more likely to because you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Tirtaganga was amazing. Right? In Bali, it was a basically a palace turned into a like a park a basically park, yeah and it was uh we'd been biking a hard long hard day and ended up up these mountains and this this uh, what was he the raj uh yeah. you know h- hundreds of years ago had built a water palace okay. in the mountains with all this water coming down into these and bali everything is carved with this ornate carving so the pool it was the most beautiful thing and you know you paid 40 cents and went swimming in the thing right like yeah. after your day's bike ride Wow, and it was you know all those rice paddies and stuff around. The whole place is uh, it's magical. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah. Wow. But I find everywhere you go because it's so different. I mean, Canada is a newer country in comparison to these other places we've been, and so things they it's it's those little experiences that also become special. So last March in Cuba, we mostly stayed in some of the major cities and then we decided to stay in this little farm one night in a small town and the people there the couple who hosted us were generous and lovely and shared their experiences of living on a farm and we got to see the farmer he took us out to meet the animals and what he did is he basically sang a song to call the cows and they came running over oh that's incredible beautiful 
So it's always those, wow. those wonderful experiences that you don't expect as well. Yeah. Let alone, and then let that alone. we walked into that town there. And that town, we yeah. would have been the, like, the only tourist been there for years. And we hear, well, what's that noise? And we thought it was a band playing. So we went over to look. And it was these people just having a party. And then, uh, and then they saw us, and immediately they grabbed us and literally <laughs> to dance with them. And like, you know, a drink was put in our hand, and it was like, "Oh, you're staying with us and going to have a great time." It's just being welcomed like that by just by and, people. Oh, all the time. It's beautiful. Amazing. That's really yeah. beautiful. And you don't get that if you're not exploring the country in, in a way that is like sort of, for lack of a better word, like off the beaten path. Right? Absolutely, and you, and you can do that because you're a lot more flexible. Through those towns, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, right through right. it. So um, the videos that I watched mostly were about your summer tour from last year. Tell okay. us, a, tell us a little bit about that and and where you went. I think you mentioned it a little bit, but just because it seems like a family, if they saved the money to get themselves there and had the bike, it would be very fun. And, and sort of, I, I don't want to say easy because I don't think that what, what you all, I don't think you're going to say that like, oh, it was easy, like a piece of cake, but enjoyable might be a better word. Yeah, it was. It was great. We, we decided to do go back to Europe again and do that summer tour because so many of the cities in the Netherlands and Brussels were are in the top 20 cities of bike cities in the world. And we wanted to be in. See where they are. Cities yeah. and yeah how how they are functioning in that in that way the most fun is hanging out with the kids every day and being a team i think one of the best things that's come out of all the bike touring is um how our family acts as a team together in always now mm -hmm. don't you find like the way that we are as a family is is we're just a community together and if something right. needs like the day we had the three flats was also our hardest bike ride against 40 kilometer an hour winds oh it was brutal and we took some uh what do we call it what do i call them they're not wrong turns they're uh <laughs> different turns <laughs> adventurous routes okay. perfect route enhancement <laughs> and everybody stayed uh, nobody we, got we mad. We didn't get pissed off at each other at all. Nobody, yeah. genuinely, everybody helped. We all start taking on roles and how we can contribute to making whatever uh, whatever thing needs to be, whatever yeah. challenge needs to be taken care of, done. And, and even now, so, so what I hear now from my kids is something happens, something breaks, they go into, oh, problem solving. Like, uh -huh. it just, it I becomes a positive thing. And so doing that together was great. The uh, the kids also want to feel like if you do a bike ride, like you go for a bike ride that you finish at the end of the day. One of the things that really I could tell the kids were feeling was that feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. That you know they're posted on their Instagram at the end of the day, yeah. rode seventy kilometers from yeah. you know Antwerp to Eindhoven or wherever it was, right? And uh, like this tour, we did a big circle because we love we love the Netherlands because of what they've done for cycling, and we're trying to. We're not only doing this because it's fun and we love it, we're also doing it because we think all of our North American cities can benefit from learning their example and then, you know, changing our cities to make them more inclusive of people uh -huh. and, uh, you know, encouraging other modes of transportation because it's not working with the cars and the traffic. It's, it's just insane everywhere. And so we're looking, uh, this tour we went from Amsterdam 
and we went south along the west coast of the Netherlands down to Brussels, and then we looped back through uh, Belgium and then back up to Amsterdam again. And so we got to see a variety of different things because we got to see all of uh, Holland, and it's they've got it figured out, right? Everybody knows that the Dutch have a lot of things uh, yeah. worked out, right? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But the Belgium, when we got to Brussels, it felt more like Toronto. And we're a city that's kind of, oh, what are we going to do? What way are we going to go? And a lot of American cities are in the same place. Like, I know, uh, like, are we going to allot more space for these other uses and things like that? And uh, and Brussels was kind of where we're at. So it was really interesting to see. And we went on a, on a ride there. And we uh, at the end of every month in major cities... Uh, they have something called a critical mass where all the cyclists get together and go on a mass ride around the city. And we said, hey, look, we're going to be in Brussels on the last Friday of the month. Let's go to their critical mass. Uh -huh. So we did that and we connected with their uh, community there. And it was really interesting, the similarities with what they're going through and what we're going through. And to make that connection and to see what they're doing. And then as we rode back to the Netherlands, we could see it gradually change. Uh, and we can so it's like watch feeling and experiencing yeah. the solution to some of the city design problems that yeah, we've got. absolutely I mean I, and you know just from checking out your uh, Instagram and Twitter it does seem like those are issues that are important to you and 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 things oh, that yeah. you want to see happen more or are to bring to the forefront of some of this discussions in the city that you live in which is Toronto I was gonna ask like what were the uh, the lessons right like what are some of the the big lessons that you all learned on your bike travels but I I actually I mean I would love for you to add but um, Lisa what you said about being with your family and working as a team and like right. it, it was really like I I I almost wanted to leave it there, but I also want to hear from you if there's like other maybe personal things or other family related things that you really got from this this experience together. Well, family, two things. I'll do the personal and then the family. The the thing that I that I really learned was um, that infra city infrastructure and the way that our city councils decide how we're going to organize transportation is has enormous impact to how we as individuals uh, communicate with each other, whether it's me as a pedestrian, cyclist, scooter person, driver, whatever it is, a, a lot of the way that tone occurs is through the infrastructure and the rules set up. So when we are in the Netherlands, the respect that all modes of transportation have towards each other and towards the rules of when it's your turn to go is so generous and kind-hearted and people want the safety, put safety paramount, they really put it up higher in the Netherlands. Whereas in Toronto, there's some work to be done. I'm going to leave it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, well said, well said. Yeah. And, and um, I forget what it was. Personally, I was going to say for the kids, there's something else. Well, there was the, the idea of accomplishment for them, that they could do it. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that I thought was pretty great, too. Well, and also, we as as parents, we've worked hard at trying to find, like, as our kids are getting older and older, what are the things that, and they become more independent as they should, but we want to find things that we can do 
together enjoyably so. And so there's two big things that we do together. And one is the bike tours. And we're, you know, thinking ahead even to the summer, what are we going to do? And the kids are actually engaging in some of that decision making. That's fun. Yeah, we kind of have a chat with them. We'll say, well, we're thinking of doing this. What do you guys think? And then we bounce. Because everyone's got to be into it. Right. The kids are saying, it's like, you don't have to. They didn't want to go to Cuba last last winter. They said, no, we don't want to go. And so they now they've seen our videos, and then this time around, say, okay, we're gonna go to Cuba again. The kids are all, oh, yeah, we'll go. <laughs> that sounds cool. Okay. Keep doing that together. And the other is we play music together, so as a family. And uh, so, yeah. if you know, hoping that these are some two two things that we can do together as a family, as the kids, you know, eventually move out and go on to different things. But if there's some things that we can do to to bond together that's not just getting together for meals. Not that that's not fabulous and food's right. important too, right? I mean, at the end of every bike ride, they sure do get ice cream. Every- <laughs> oh, you betcha. Oh, man, I'm in. I'm in for the ice cream. Whatever you want, kid. <laughs> you can eat whatever you like. <laughs> yeah, right. You got some exercise. Um, cool. So before we segue into that music piece, um, how can we find uh, find and follow the adventures of your family on your bike rides? Probably the best thing is to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, which is I Like to Ride My Bike. Now, if you search that, it should come up, but it will get confused with the song by Queen. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best songs. I like to still, ride. It's really called Bicycle, bicycle Race. Bicycle, right. Song. Yeah, yeah. But it also has the line in it, I like to ride my bicycle. I like right. to ride my bike. Right. Uh, so some people, I think, so if you if you put the filter on for YouTube channels, that'll get it for sure. I don't know. It depends. Like, it should come up, though. Yeah. But that's for the YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, I tell you, that in terms of the music stuff we do, um, the two worlds are going to collide later on in the series. Really? Okay. Spoil- spoiler alert. Just, I'll give you a little bit more of a spoiler. There's a the guy that I referred to as, hey, look, that guy's the Dutch me because he's a... <laughs> He's a, he's a guy who work, does music with kids, and he has a fondness for loud electric guitars. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> so we meet up with him later on, and we, we have a lot of fun together. So Really? Okay. Well, uh, uh, breaking news. <laughs> breaking yeah. news. So, um, okay, so this will be the – this will mark the end of the uh, I Like to Ride My Bike segment. And um, you ready to talk tunes for a few minutes? Sure. No problem. So, um, and by the way, is the is the music a, a family venture too? So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's mostly like the, like I write all the music. Well, Lisa has written uh, she's written one song and it's a big hit. So I wanted to write another one. The, which which one's the big hit? The elephant. Uh, elephant. It was a big hit in the Classroom. another business that that I like. I originally started working with kids through a business that I do called Rainbow Songs. Right. That's music programs that we do in Toronto uh, through families all over the place. We also run a, a charity that does music programs uh, in shelters and things like that. But uh, th- from that, she wrote a song there called Hands Together, Hands Apart. Hands together, hands apart, together and apart. Hands together, hands apart, up, down, bum, 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 up, down, bum, 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 up, down, bum, 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 do a little dance. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Uh, 
it's it's fun right and, uh, totally good hand motions yeah you can repeat it with your feet and your knees and any other body part yeah. you like wow. uh but it's uh you know she's got to read another one okay. yeah. yeah i think that's you heard it here first i mean there we're, we're we're rolling like we're right in it so um welcome back <laughs> welcome back from seven seconds ago to the uh the second part of our chat which is all about music and uh lisa is a hit songwriter and mike you're not so bad yourself so you. rainbow songs you mentioned that's um so i i guess like how did that what's your musical background how did you get to this point where it was kids music and then we'll go from there uh oh, the I was a general, I guess you'd call me a jobbing musician, uh, doing all the usual stuff that you do, uh, weddings, teaching, gigs, bands, all that kind of stuff. And then I started through chance working, doing some music programs with some kids. And then from that, I found out it combined all these kind of skills that I already had, my particular sense of humor, uh, being able to communicate with adults and kids and having a kind of childlike way of looking at the world. Uh, and, and then it seemed that, so I started doing programs with kids and it just started growing. And then I seemed to have uh, a different outlook and attitude that a lot of the other people did because of my musical background. So I approached it more from a, more from a popular music standpoint. Uh, I think a lot of people, are, this kind of stuff is going on a lot more now, but this is a long time ago. This is 1998, 1997. Yeah. Uh, and, my, and yeah, I've been interested in music from a lot of other different cultures and things like that too. So having all this kind of insight was, made my programs a little bit different. I didn't study the, the traditional stuff that most people study for that kind of stuff. Uh, so that music, that grew really well. And then I started, at one point I thought, you know, there's no really great songs about dinosaurs. Like, where are the great kid songs about dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of any. And uh, so I thought, oh, i got to change that. So I started, and I started writing some songs, and, and then I got the first couple of songs, and then I wrote a song about an egg, and I thought, oh, okay, an egg, and then the egg rolled away and then it hashed out and it, oh okay and so i thought oh yeah that could be the beginning of a story and uh so i started writing and sketching out a story and then that that whole idea ended up becoming the first cd that i did called dinah story that was and, that's your first record no that was my first uh no that was my sixth record oh okay right okay okay the third a third one as mike whitla uh-huh and, but it was the first one where it was like what well, was my first concept album yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've listened to a lot of concept albums and right. I've always, and uh, been in, a, you know, when I was playing in bands, it was always kind of on the more extravagant end of things. Um, so I fin I finished it and I thought, you know, I kind of like this. I think I feel like I felt like it was OK. And so I thought maybe it would be a play or something like that. And I looked into those kind of options and didn't. Just it was, it was oh, I have to make robots and stuff. It got really expensive. So eventually, I figured, oh, maybe I'll make a, a cartoon video of one of them. Uh -huh. So started making those, and I made one, and then I made another, and I thought, gee, this is really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> really in-depth process of making the music expensive. I hadn't sold many CDs or anything, but for some reason, I kept plodding away at it, and, uh, and then I got some people interested. Uh, another kind of distributor that does educational stuff like this stuff and they they took it and then 
then it started going crazy on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many years ago that was. Well, you just looking at Brachiosaurus was 2011 when you when you wrote it. And when I wrote it, I don't know when that video came out. Maybe 2008 right. well, or something. Basically, Howdy Tunes started about five years ago. Maybe you started. No, less than that. Four year, four years ago, Mike started making videos from from because he has seven CDs right. of kids music content and started making videos from the CDs to, so that people can hear the it's awesome music right, right so yeah, yeah. But, but mostly we were selling it to the thousand you know we have about a thousand families a week singing at rainbow songs right, program right. and so it was great he started making the CDs as um, so value added you know supports yeah. for the Materials for, for running the, the programs. Yeah, sure. but the dinosaur is a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but that kind of I think guess that was 2013. It was the uh, that video came out. Now it's, it looks like it's just under 25 million views now. It's insane it's just, to me. Yeah, Brachiosaurus, 24 million views. That's amazing. That I believe is the definition of viral. And congratulations. It's awesome. Um. So, okay, so Howdy Howdy Tunes is sort of the third thing, right? So are you the one who is directing, drawing, putting together the videos? Like, is this a one-person operation? Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I run the whole thing, uh, but uh, a lot of other people are involved. So, yes, I'm directing them. Uh you know, yesterday I was literally on the floor there pretending I was a woolly mammoth being threatened by humans and spears and singing, doing it all, right? So, like, I'm down crazy like this. And so I'll, and then I'll, and I'm lip syncing to the music we've recorded. And then I'm including this. What I'm basically doing is building a script for uh, animators in India. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Uh, Cool. You have a writing partner for that. Yeah, so in project, I have a writing partner, Jimmy Reed, uh -huh. and uh, we we schedule time. To, it's a great way to get a job done is to schedule time to do the writing, or else you never get around to doing it. So we get together and we write songs for a couple hours, a few times a week, and then eventually that was the one we've got one song out of uh, Five Wooly Mammoths. Okay, and uh, that one came okay. out a couple months ago, and it's a new series working on called Prehistorica. Uh, which is, uh, you know, good rock and tunes from the prehistoric era. Yeah. And uh, yeah, another one. Yeah. And then. Dinosaur is the same animator. Yes, well, yeah, the same animator has done virtually all the dinosaur videos, and he's in Toronto. I found him on Craigslist. Hello. Isn't that insane? That is Hello. insane, yeah. That is insane. Before yeah. everyone was insane on Craigslist. Uh, Back when you could, I, like, actually yeah, accomplish things. Yeah. Accomplish things, yeah. yeah. I knew. Well, I knew. Uh, the thing is, if you want to do something that you haven't done before, there's nothing to do other than just start doing it. Right. Uh, that's right. the entrepreneurial way. So, you, oh, I've never done this before. Well, I'll go in and try and do it. Yeah. So I had not made yeah. any cartoons before. So I just put an ad on Craigslist with some stuff, and this guy met. As soon as I saw the guy, I thought, I'm gonna work with this guy. It just felt right. And uh, we've been working together for five years now. And uh, his name uh, is. Chao Tsai Peng, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, uh, Ray but he, he goes by Ray. Uh, yeah, Ray Chao is what he goes by. Um, 
he's an amazing uh, animator. And, we, you know, you work as I go. I've learned how to direct. Uh, I don't, I'm sure I'm directing in a way that's very unorthodox. Like, because then I'll send off the scripts. Usually you get like a written script. And I found out, you know, I was writing these things out. And then someone says, are you writing scripts? I said, well, I write all these things out with the words and times and stuff. Oh, that's a script. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, learning on so the fly. It's great. Learning on the fly. It's great. Yeah. So you got to figure it out. And like, uh, you learn more stuff as you go. And, uh, and I think I've become a fairly detailed director now. And the more detail you give people... Uh, the animation comes out like most a lot of the movements like on a velociraptor video i did recently i did a lot of uh dancing around and stuff like that that i'll then put back onto the into the thing and incorporate it and then send them off and then they send me stuff and i send it back uh working with india is great because they'll be sleeping and i'll be working on it and then send it back to them and yeah yeah um, cool. so i have to ask like, how important is metal to you? <laughs> Heavy metal music. <laughs> uh, metal is awesome, of course. Uh, uh, but, you know, there's lots of other stuff in there, too, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, uh, right. Like, uh, I'm a big fan of... For me, it's often the type of music isn't important. It's the... This bit, like any genre of music, I'm attracted to a particular kind of thing. So in jazz, I love Coltrane. I love Monk. I love Duke Ellington. Uh, I don't like for some reason in that same area. Like, you know, I'm not a big Kenny G fan, but, you know, I love Weather Report. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So, okay. you know, and uh, in, in rock music, I never could understand Kiss. You know, I like the Stones a little bit, but, you know... But, you know, the Beatles are awesome. Right. And Queen is amazing right. to me. Uh, but that's like, you know, your own personal taste. So any genre of music and classical music, I love Stravinsky. I love Beethoven. Mozart, I'm developing a taste for, but he was just so easy to like. Uh -huh. So, you know, and so in all the different kinds of music, uh, there'll be certain things that attract me. So in, in metal, uh, you know, I uh, love Iron Maiden. Like new bands, I love Mastodon. They're right. an awesome. That's heavy. right. That's heavy. That's, that's heavy. Oh yeah, but the newer Mastodon, like where people say now that they're wimping out, <laughs> I disagree. I think they're developing into really, really interesting musicians. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. So you know they're they're learning to sing. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this is a this is a sort of a history making moment. Like there has never been a podcast for kids or families where they've talked about Mastodon at any length. So we are really we're blazing a trail, and I'm psyched about it. Um, so don't get me started about Ramstein. <laughs> you like those fire guys, huh? Um, no, 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 that's so. Uh, I mean, and that that's what I loved about it. I was I was watching videos this morning and, you know, as I was preparing for this and like, you know, the Velociraptor song and the T-Rex the song. And I was like, this is just so like just going for it and so fun. Like, and like it just comes fun. out even in the video, like just it just comes, comes out, out that this, video, like, this is fun. This, this and it's great. Um, so great. Uh, one question I had so about another song that's not on the Dino Stories, but um, the, elephants the Elephants Have Wrinkles, which like I immediately yep. loved because like, the... Uh, did you ever listen to the Grateful Dead? Are you a Grateful Dead person? I'm going to say potentially not. I, 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 potentially not. I have seen uh, the Grateful Dead a couple times, 
Uh, I, it's funny because a lot of my best friends are deadheads, uh-huh. uh, but I'm not a huge fan of the dead. Right. So the well, what struck right. so me was the, like well, what struck the beginning of like, Elephants Have Wrinkles is exactly like uh, song exactly Estimated like, Profit, estimated which starts with like this like big wah wah sound like, over this like nice like, groove. Yeah, totally remind me. So I just wanted to see if it was like a thing, but it was brilliant. What you did was brilliant. So thank you. Brilliant. So thank. Thank you very much. I <laughs> yeah. appreciate it. So, um, so um, I, I guess at this point, like, I guess at this point, what, like, what's coming up? I know you don't want to give too much away. We broke a little bit in news in terms of what's happening musically, but a, I, so it's a two-parter. What's coming up? If you can share, and B, like, how do we find you and keep up with you? How do we find you and keep up with you? Uh, well, subscribing to Howdy Tunes is the way to go to keep up with that stuff. There's a bunch of things that are on the horizon. I'm always writing new stuff. Dinosaur is going to keep going. I kind of, in my mind, have another whole, like I'm kind of halfway through the second season, uh, how I'm thinking about it, and I have a third season not written, but thought about, and uh, uh, kind of have a, that kind of structured out. Uh, Prehistorica, I'm hoping to get a lot more of that. I don't know, have you seen the Woolly Mammoth song? I have not seen Woolly Mammoth yet. I have not seen Woolly Mammoth yet. I think you'll enjoy that one. Uh, it's pretty silly. Uh and just, you know, just trying to keep, like, I love, uh, I'm so appreciative that that people are enjoying the music that I'm making. Uh, and I'm also appreciative, uh, I feel like I'm trying to make a, I try to make as good music as I can and not make music that's for kids. I try to make music that's for people. And I know that's a kind of like a, that's a cliche in the kids music area. Um, but... You know, I, I think it, it, better, good music, uh, regardless of what you are doing, uh, is going to be something that enriches your life, right? So uh, there's so much uh, that can be gained from just enjoying good music. Humongous thank you to Mike and Lisa for for taking the time to talk with me for a while about bike riding and about music and you know you may not have heard the uh, patented Mason that's me Mason Mike Mason long goodbye uh, at the end of the conversation but don't worry we did say goodbye to each other in a very nice way however I was getting some echo on my end at that point and I did not think that you all needed to hear the echo so go check out Mike and Lisa check out I like to ride my bike and check out Mike's music. And now here is Gigantosaurus from the Dino Story series. Find that on YouTube.
stuff.